We have some very special anniversaries coming up in our country in the coming weeks and months, but there's one particular that I want to um, draw your attention to this morning, and it's, it's not the Queen's special celebration in June, it's a little bit earlier. It's a celebration that happens on the 25th of May, and it happens on the 25th of May every year. And I wonder, do you know what it is? 25th of May. 25th of May. Any thoughts? My birthday? No. No, that, that is a special day. That's a very special day. It's not my birthday. The 25th of May is the feast of Douglas Adams. The 25th of May is also known as the Festival of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. You may be looking at me and saying, never heard of this guy, Douglas Adams? Never heard of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Well, some people will have. Put your hand up if you know what I'm talking about when I refer. Oh, that's so good. Oh, thank you. I, I can relax. This was my big fear this morning that I would mention this and that I would just get blank looks. The 25th of May is the day when those who um, know of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy celebrate and remember that phenomenon. What started as a radio uh, program and became a book, um, launched in 1979 when I was the tender age of 16, and a 16-year-old schoolboy enjoyed this radio series that was science fiction, but science fiction with a tongue-in-cheek. And um, one of the ways that it's remembered on the 25th of May towel. Okay, nice towel. Managed to get one of the good ones out of the hot press yesterday. Made sure it was presentable. A towel is very important according to the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which is a fictional guide for those who want to travel. 1979, virtually and online, was unthought of. Those were unreal things. But this fictional guide was for those who wanted to travel to the far parts of the universe to discover life beyond Earth. And one of the things that the book advises is that every traveler brings their towel with them. Towel is so important. As the guide says, a towel is about the most massively useful thing an interstellar hitchhiker can have. So the characters in the book and in the series bring their towel with them everywhere they go. Another theme in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is, is a question, a search, a search for the answer to the ultimate question of the meaning of life, the universe, and everything. And at this point, I'm going to ask another question, maybe for those of you who do know the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, People who are looking for the answer to the question of life, the universe, and everything. We, do, we are told in the book, it's one of those books that does tell you what the answer is. Can anybody shout out for me what the answer is? I don't want my son to shout out because I know I, um, I, am, I immersed him and brought him into this group early on. But anybody else remember what the answer is? Shout it out. 42. 
So the answer to the question of what is life, the universe, and everything about is 42. And you're right to give me perplexed looks because it's a nonsensical, nonsensical answer. It doesn't say anything at all. But where I'm going with this, and I know you may be thinking, where is he going with this? I want us to think about Palm Sunday in a new way and to think about it as a day of questions. It's a day of questions. Jesus rode into Jerusalem, and it seems the crowd knew what was happening on that day. At last, some of these Old Testament prophecies about the Messiah were being fulfilled. And as you may remember, if you were in one of the immersed groups as we went through the Gospels, we often discovered occasions when the followers of Jesus just had absolutely no idea what Jesus was saying and doing. Often he said and did things that they didn't expect, and he didn't do or say things that they were anticipating he would do. He was a confusing and a perplexing and a frustrating person to follow. And as Jesus rode into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, what we remember as Palm Sunday, just prior to the Passover, we see the crowd welcoming him and singing praises from Psalm 118. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And it seems to be that that occasion provoked some questions in the mind of people that John tells us were some Greeks. Greeks who came to the disciples afterwards, and they said, sir, we want to see Jesus. And we read it, Shane read it for us this morning from the ESV as opposed to the New Living Translation, because the ESV uses that word see, which is the word in, in the, original, uh, the original translation, the original transcript. And the word see was what, we want to see Jesus. Now, they didn't want to just go and look at him. They didn't want to just go and see, oh, he's so many feet high, different, uh, his eyes, these are the colors of his eyes. Uh, this is how he speaks. This is, they were saying, Lord, we want to see, we want to understand. The word see carries with it the connotation of understanding. Sir, we want to understand this person of Jesus. We don't know what's happening. And so they go and ask, sir, we want to see Jesus. And, and they come to Jesus. We're not told what they asked, but we are told what Jesus answered them. And Jesus answers, and let me read the words again, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified, truly, truly. And we know when Jesus says truly, truly, that's when we should really listen. That's when Jesus is saying, listen carefully. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loses his life, whoever loves his life, loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me, and where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. When these Greeks were brought to Jesus, Jesus doesn't begin to outline to them why they should follow him. And he probably could have. He could have outlined the, the legitimization of his claim to be king by the crowds of the people. 
He could have outlined the wonderful works that had happened through his ministry. He could have said, look at Lazarus, and John tells us that's why many of the people on that day were there. They'd seen Lazarus be raised to life again. But Jesus doesn't refer to it here. He could have referred to the, the miracles, the healings, the deliverances, the feedings of the feeding of the many hungry people. He didn't do all these things. Instead, Jesus said, listen, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. It seems that Jesus is saying that the way to the explosion of life and fruitfulness that lies ahead, knowing he went to his cross, was not through triumphalism, was not through domination, was not through assertion of victory or a declaration of power, but Jesus was saying, this is about dying and rising. This is about a grain of wheat falling into the ground, and it's only as that grain of wheat falls into the ground and is buried and dead, then and only then can life and fruitfulness come. The death of the grain is essential to the life it is to follow. And as we remember Palm Sunday today, and as we travel through Holy Week this week, and as we go through Good Friday and into Easter Sunday, we need to remember that it's a part of a whole. Good Friday is not something just to be skated over. It's not just something that we hold on tight until it's past. It declares to us something wonderful about who God is and the way he works. Yes, Jesus is a king. He's not disputing that. The crowd have correctly identified him as king, but he's not the sort of king that they think he is, not at this time. And his kingdom is not the sort of kingdom that many of them think it is, not at this time. John tells us that at this time, many of Jesus' own disciples didn't understand what was happening either. Jesus came to give and to love, not to subjugate, not to oppress, not to claim the right or the authority, but he came to give and to love and to die. Michael Card in his song, God's Own Fool, uses this phrase, that we in our weakness believed we were strong. He became helpless to show we were wrong. What I want us to think about briefly is the importance of understanding how God works through death and resurrection. Having opened some of the mystery of his life and death, Jesus goes on to explain to his followers how that what he was going to go through of death and resurrection, of the grain of wheat falling into the ground and dying, and then coming into fruitfulness and new life was also something that he expected them to experience. 
Whoever loves me, he says, whoever loves his life loses it. Whoever hates his life in this world will keep it. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. The other evangelists record at this time the, Jesus saying, if anyone would come after me, let them take up their cross. Just as for Jesus, so the way of his followers is a way that life follows death. What does that look like? Sounds great in theory. It's wonderful to know that it happened at Easter, but what does that mean for you and I? If we're followers of Jesus and we see that this is how God brings life, which is through the grain of wheat falling into the ground and dying so that it will burst forth into life and bear fruit, what does that look like in my life? And what does it look like in our lives as we seek to be disciples of Jesus? There are two ways I want to just mention this morning. The first is through daily living and dying for Jesus. Daily living and dying for Jesus. I joked at the beginning about the feast of Douglas Adams and uh, my apologies if that levity uh, didn't connect with everybody, but yesterday, the 9th of April was a feast day, and it was a day when we remember the life of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. 77 years ago yesterday, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who was a German pastor during the Second World War, died. He was executed. And Bonhoeffer had resisted Nazi rule and regime in Germany through his adult life. He had spoken out so clearly that he was forbidden to preach and teach. And eventually he had to, to live in a, in a community that was hidden away where he taught and preached. And, and his story is an incredible story if you ever want to read of, of a man who lived and died for Jesus. He died a month. He was executed a month before the end of the Second World War. Just when victory was in sight, he died got executed. The, Jew, uh, the Germans executed him for, for his love of following Jesus. And Bonhoeffer has written two books. If you're ever looking for two books that will challenge, I would recommend his first is Life Together, which is all about what it really means to be a member of the community of Christ. Incredible book, challenging words. The other is The Cost of Discipleship. And Bonhoeffer says many things in the cost of discipleship. But the one I want to draw attention to today is simple and short. In this book, Bonhoeffer, who talks about knowing the death and resurrection of Jesus in our lives, says, when Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die. When Christ calls a woman, he bids her come and die. So the call of Jesus, the invitation, is yes to that transforming, fruitful, abundant life that God has promised for us. But the way of the gospel, the way that God moves, is through death into life. And that's why when someone wants to testify to their newfound faith in Jesus, we share in baptism that as we go down into the waters, 
down and die to self. God raises us to life. The life without the death is impossible. If we're just looking for life, we're doing no different to what everyone else in the world is doing. You go out and ask people on the street what they want. People want to live. They want life, particularly after the two years we've had. We want a bit of life, don't we? Whether that means freedom to go on holiday, to see our family, to go out and eat out and enjoy yourselves. Life's what we want. But Jesus, when he calls us, says, yes, come and find my life. But know that the way to finding life with me is through death. Paul Miller, in his book, talks about living and dying with Jesus every day. This sounds like a book review. I'm sorry, Nigel, this whole, this whole thing of book clubs has really gotten into me. Um, so here's, here's another one on my recommended list of reading, Paul, Paul Miller. And he talks in his book about living and dying every day. And he uses the letter J. His book is called The J Curve. Of course, J is the appropriate letter, isn't it, for Jesus? But he talks about the letter J graphically representing the life ministry, death and resurrection of Jesus, but also the life Jesus calls us to. So we go down into death, and then we go up into life. Down into death and up into life. This is the way Jesus lived, wasn't it? He came to die. Isn't that what we say? And Jesus says, those who follow me should be like me. We go down into death and up into life. And Miller does a wonderful job of outlining how that, how we help, how God helps us to live that out every day. And I don't have time to go into that today. But what I do want to then talk about is that as well as living and dying every day, there are occasions when God changes our life and our circumstances, and he brings us into a time of significant change. A change that is often unexpected, a change that tests and tries our faith and our trust in God and what he's doing in our lives. Final book reference, Jerry Bridges, in his autographical book, God Took Me by the Hand. Jerry Bridges was an author, died in 2006, and he worked for the Navigators, large Christian organization with a focus on supporting Christian discipleship and ministry. And Bridges, in his books, tells of working in that organization for 30 years and of rising to a position of authority and responsibility and real usefulness to God. And then he tells of how things began to change. He tells of how the person in the first step who was his boss was suddenly changed, and, and Bridges said he found himself reporting and and uh, giving uh, answering to someone who was significantly younger than himself and less experienced. And Bridges is honest, and he said, I found that difficult. Here was I, 30 years plus in the organization. I had led, I had, I had uh, worked hard, and here this change happened. And he said, I found it hard. Not long after that, Bridges tells of being removed from some of the key leadership teams in the organization 
And so where he'd played a key role in, in contributing and making decisions, God seemed to move him another step away from the center of things. Finally, Bridges tells that a month only after that, he and his now smaller team were moved out of the main offices where everybody worked HQ to a much smaller set of premises miles away. And Bridges said he struggled with this. He said, why was God doing this? Why was God changing me? Things around me. And I want to read to you very briefly what he writes. He said, Jesus said in John 12, 24, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. He continues, God had more fruitfulness in mind for me, though I did not know it. But in order to experience it, I had some dying to do. And the marginalization and isolation I experienced was part of that dying process. I had to die to being a part of the leadership at headquarters. I had to die to my title. I had to die to recognition. But Jesus said, in effect, that if we die, we will bring forth much fruit. It took a number of years afterwards, but Bridges goes on to tell of how God was changing things, and while God asked him to die and to experience death in those things, God actually brought him into a new season of fruitfulness. His books were published in bigger numbers. They had farther reach, and as far as he could tell, much greater impact. Bridges was learning what Jesus invites us to, which is to trust him, that the way down is the way up, that the way to life is through death, that the way to fruitfulness is to come from a place of nothing to offer, emptiness. For when we come like that, it's God who does the work. It's God who does it. Johnny has encouraged us to, to pray and to participate in, in this new season of reaching out. And maybe if you're like me, you'll sit there saying all that. I definitely do the praying part of that, Johnny. The, the out with the crowds, not so sure. The answers, not so sure. But then I'm caught back and I ask myself, maybe God wants me to die to myself to go to the J-curve and up. So maybe my inability to feel that I can go and do anything is exactly what God wants me to do. To be the person who says, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know what I'm going to say to anybody. But Lord Jesus, you said that if I follow you, you will take those little moments that I give you when I am weak and ineffectual and weary and you will take them, and you will bring life out of them. I don't know whether you've seen the recent advert on television uh, by Google, and they have been um, encouraging people to use their search engine, and I was struck by the phrase that they used as the little advert wound up, and the phrase said, it's not our questions that define us, 
It's what we do with the answers. It's not our questions that define us. It's what we do with the answers. The Jews came to Jesus and said, we want to see him. We want to know. We want to understand. And Jesus told them, and Google would say to them, and I think to you and us, it's not our questions, good and important though they are. It's what we do with the answers. And Jesus answered. He said, the way up is through death. The way to life is through death. In a moment, we're going to watch a song and a video, um, which hopefully is going to work. And this song is based on a prayer um, that is found in in a little book of prayers called um, The Valley of Vision. And we're just going to watch this video and listen to the words. And the Puritans get a terrible reputation for being some very, very firm and stern and, and unhappy people. And yet, if you begin to read them, you'll understand that they had discovered some of these things of following Christ, that the way to life is through death, that the way to Easter Sunday is through Good Friday. So let's watch the video, and then we'll close in prayer. 